Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Pod Diva. Hello and welcome to Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. If you're looking for fun queer literature, look no further than Lily Linden. Self-proclaimed butch and professional bisexual, Lily is the author of two fabulously funny and best-selling queer rom-coms, Double Booked and the upcoming My Own Worst Enemy. In this lively, energetic and giggly interview with Georgia Dimdor Miles, Lily reveals her love for rivalry, for butchness and for comedy. It's also a masterclass in flirtation. Lily Linden's second novel, My Own Worst Enemy, is published June 8th. And when you finish listening, go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine. Our June issue, which is available from May 26th, features a voices piece from Lily herself talking about butch for butch love. Part Diva. Yes, so My Own Worst Enemy. I'm absolutely loving reading it. I'm oh loving it so Yay. much. That's so nice. I'm glad yeah. you've got a copy. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just a pleasure. Yay. Pleasure reading a book so unapologetically centres a butch storyline is such a joy. So firstly, just thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's all I've ever wanted. Um, I'm really glad. It's just quite funny because I think it's only proofs stage at the moment a lot of people are just like receiving their proofs like this week I think I'd forgotten that excitement that comes from people actually reading it and letting you know what they're thinking about it I think you might be one of the first if I may butchers who has like read it and engaged in it in that way it's just really fucking exciting to be like oh my goodness and also you're you know you as a collective term you're the choir that I want to be preaching to like mm. I literally just wanted this book to be for obviously I want it to be for everyone and I hope everyone's <laughs> gonna love it the butch the butch community is not serviced by media at all no, it's not. <laughs> and so I think if if I can only have five people who read it I would want all of them to be little butches you know of course I would so <laughs> I'm very glad that you're one of them <laughs> I felt honoured. Well, that's actually kind of what my first question was going to be. It feels just so rare to read fiction, especially a rom-com that centres not one, but two butch butches. Was this important to you? Imagine if I said no. Um, no. Yes, it was. But I actually... <laughs> I guess I thought it would be, you know, commercially successful of me. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, it was just that feeling of like, A, I was looking for books to read that had butch characters in and mm. wasn't finding them. 
uh, was just like feeling, I think both like sad and angry about that lack. And then also, obviously, it comes naturally to me, you know, the, the more about like, write what you know. I was writing this last year, and I think that it was a time when taking a bit more of an ownership of like my claim to the word butch was kind of happening for me. I think that felt really cool and really nice. And I wanted to have a character who was kind of going on that same journey with me. Just slap me if I'm going off piste, but um, no, I think that <laughs> when I was first writing it, like the first draft, mm. because of where I was at in my own relationship to that label, the story was much more about a character, like wrangling with that identity and label for herself. Mm. And actually through the drafting process and just like through what stuff that was going on in my life, I feel like by the time I'd redrafted and redrafted and Emmy had changed as a character and May had changed as a character. And actually the story wasn't about like worrying about the label Butch anymore. It mm. was it was about like, well, I love being Butch. So yeah. how am I gonna like show up as that? And how do I now be Butch in a world that doesn't know what Butch is and what Butch means and like how to support Butch is? <laughs> so it was really nice to feel like, oh, here's a, I don't know, a character who isn't worried about that who's proud of that and it felt really good also for me selfishly as a writer to be able to then actually just like enjoy that and not ha it doesn't have to be about angst it can just be about like butch joy dare I say <laughs> <laughs> really speaks to where I'm at as well like gone yeah. through a similar journey of coming to the word butch literally do feel in that place of just being like oh my god I'm so happy that like, this is my identity when you have that self-acceptance you're not always met with that same mm. acceptance in your career or in your different spheres. Yeah, I didn't want to feel like I was like erasing the challenges, especially in, I suppose, Emmy's particular field, which is as an actor. And I think there is a huge amount of typecasting and of like seeing people as a label. And this is always the duality of a label right mm. is that in some ways it can feel really empowering and it can be a real way into a community and into acceptance and to finding other people who have a similar experience to you on the other hand labels can be really difficult in if you're then being marketed in a certain way mm. or if you then feel like you have to be doing certain things in order to like qualify for that yeah. um, and especially if those parameters of what you're allowed to be in order to like earn a label are not being set by the community itself <laughs> like mm -hmm. I definitely still feel oh should I say this yeah sure I, I I don't know how you find it at Diva but I am aware of the honor and pressure of being a writer of queer rom-coms in a, a really quite small space for queer mm. rom-coms yeah and I'm aware of the pressures of the way that things are marketed the way that things find a readership the way that things are like talked about in predominantly straight spaces you know to me this book feels like what my mates talk about this feels mm. like something that queer people it's not going to come as a surprise to queer people it's gonna I hope feel like a mirror up to their friendships and their like yeah. mishaps and romps and fun and yeah, that's what absolutely. I wanted to do there's a there's always going to be a duality to sort of feeling proud of being someone who is like writing something that maybe isn't spoken about that much but mm. it's also like quite difficult sometimes obviously my dream would be to be like 
have have a full fucking gay publishing house you know and <laughs> and to yeah. just be like churning them out that isn't any shade on my publisher but I think it's yeah it's just that feeling of wanting to do right by a readership that doesn't necessarily have that much stuff written for them and the balance of also not wanting to like exclude people who are going to love the story because it's like enemies to lovers and because mm-hmm. I'm funny and fun but I don't want I don't want to feel like oh you can only read this book if you're butch you've you've <laughs> absolutely preempted my next question ah forgive me (laughs) you're doing my job for me it's amazing okay sorry I was gonna ask you if you felt pressure but you've Ah, answered it I think this is something that I suppose I was tapping into with you know Emmy the character is is an actor and in that profession there is a sense of having a personal brand that is your unique selling point is really vital and it's something that like you need to have in order to feel like you're cutting through a very competitive capitalist industry in some ways I feel aware that writing queer rom-coms and writing ones that have like butch characters and two butch characters that is very rare in some ways yeah I'm absolutely leaning into that because of that like originality I mean I'm sure it has been done before but hasn't you know been done in a way that has like tapped into I think much of a mainstream or anything resembling a mainstream and again I'm not even saying that I want to be writing for the mainstream but I want this to like find a readership who would want it it can also feel really daunting but you can't represent every person's experience <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. that can feel a bit a bit scary because I really want people who pick this up and who sort of put their trust in it to be feeling like it's their friends and feeling like it's them I don't want people to feel like it's not for them you know that's just what happens when you when you write things that are both fictional and true to your own experience I suppose Emmy is me and she's obviously not me so (laughs) I hope that I get to like write more books that have loads of different queer characters in so that this doesn't have to be like the one butch character yeah yeah, (laughs) although what an honor this idea of like putting the two butch characters in opposition as rivals and then treading that really blurred line between love and hate is really great to read why do you think that's such an interesting dynamic to explore i mean enemies to lovers is like one of my favorite rom-com tropes i think there's just something so so delicious about antagonism Mm. I think it's like obsession I'm very drawn to that sense of just two people who are special to each other the opposite of love isn't hate it's indifference right (laughs) I think I'm quite like drawn to that I love I love the drama yeah Uh, evidently that's why I've written a book about gay drama (laughs) actually like love and hate in some contexts can be quite blurred and that sort of Mm. sense of someone being passionate about you I think is very fun (laughs) I don't know if this is again another question as a butch person who fancies butch people (laughs) I think there is also like a whole thing of enjoying that feeling of like comparison but comparison can also be really like scary and if you fancy Mm. someone it means that you kind of like idolize them and see the best things in them but that can sometimes make you feel a bit shit about yourself right because I feel like I've done this to people all the time I mean it's the it's the classic gay conundrum like do I fancy them or do I want to be them that's the energy that I wanted to like be channeling through this whole book is like does this person who has the potential to ruin her life but also is everything she wants to be of course she loves her but also she's going to destroy her life. Like what could be hotter <laughs> than that? I just don't. 
<laughs> I think it might be a bit worryingly revealing about my own like way of seeing the world this book I'll be very tickled if people do relate to parts of it because <laughs> I think that whole thing about do I fancy someone or do I want to be them I, I, I was drawn to this sense of having love interests who are both opposites and similar yeah. to me that sense of like opposites attract as a trope on the page, I think it really works. And I can see why as a trope, it excels and everything. Whenever someone says that to me in real life, I always feel quite suspicious about it because you also want someone who has a lot of things in common with you. The whole thing about couples ending up turning into each other, even if they don't start that way. <laughs> you know, like the urge to merge. Someone said to me the other day, dyke alike. Isn't that so good? <laughs> so good. I've never heard that. <laughs> Me neither. I love it. I wish I'd heard it before I wrote this book. I would definitely oh, have tried man. to get that in somewhere. For me, I experienced it as something very beautiful and queer about this sense of like having things deeply in common, accepting your individuality within that. But I think it's something that is true about sort of a lot of relationships, whether it's particularly this one or not, you know, looking for what is different about each other and what is similar about each other I was drawn to this idea of like magnets right because like someone mm. who's magnetic and there's like stage magnetism and stuff you know sometimes you can have like those two magnets that are repelling each other because they're too similar they're still magnets they're still the same because they have the same kind of force field around them so I don't know it made me so happy that you sent the whole story around do I want to be them or do I want to be with them? Because <laughs> that is just the story of my life. Truly. And um, I think it really is for, for a lot of for a lot of people. And I think a lot of queer people, you know, whether that then manifests in like your type being your type or not. That's what I have always said. I'm like, people are like, what's your type? I'm like, well, people that look like me. <laughs> I yes. to date myself. And isn't that beautiful? <laughs> like, A, I think, isn't that what we should all be aspiring to? Feeling like so self-actualized and happy with ourselves and self-lovey that we would want to date ourselves because to us that is the perfect partner because we're like the perfect partner to ourselves mm, mm. beautiful very buddhist i'm into it do <laughs> i think i actually like deliver on that no of course not because i also am aware that like whenever i then do actually meet someone who's like me i do feel an intense amount of rivalry and self-loathing because they're mm. better than me <laughs> you yeah. know the pleasures and pains of wanting someone who understands you very deeply but who also in understanding you very deeply might actually be like a better version of you in some mm. ways mm. <laughs> and that's great because it encourages you to to grow or it means you get to like be with someone really hot um, <laughs> I, I did my... just write my own worst enemy so that I could flirt with people that is the main reason I wrote it obviously yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I found myself like unable to stop smiling when Emmy and May were like angrily flirting with each other <laughs> it felt like really authentic and real yeah I just wondered if like writing that exchange like comes from personal experience at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when you said that that I pulled my headphones out in my <laughs> gestures became so flamboyant <laughs> that I, yeah. Pot Diva. here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Pot Diva. I like to think that it's based on real experience. Flirting is one of the great pleasures of my life. It is so funny to me that I get to do that and it's published. I flirt with my imaginary friends and then people read that. <laughs> it's yeah. both very funny and also <laughs> so sad. I would love to have a flirtation with someone that felt like Emmy and Mays. I think this book was wish fulfillment more than it was mm. copy and pasted plagiarism from my own life. Fingers crossed I'm going to manifest it. I would love a rival who really <laughs> fancied me. So if anyone wants to audition for that part, they should let me know. Yeah. Your writing is just, I've said it already, so funny, but it, it feels like oh God, quite effortless. Is that something you felt was kind of always come naturally to you? Oh, thank you so much. So really. this interview is just Literally... me complimenting you a lot. <laughs> Honestly, uh, let's do it every day. <laughs> I think being funny is like, 
is like existentially important to me. That means it's it's great when it works. It's also like terrifying to me that someone might read this and not find it funny. I'm deeply grateful and pleased that you did feel <laughs> that. I think it's almost like when I get out of my own way that it's the funniest. I think my books are quite have quite a lot of plot compared with some other rom-coms that I love. Or at least with maybe romances where like a lot of the plot comes basically from like the nuance of like their journey. But you always kind of know what's going to happen. For me, the, the, the sort of romances and rom-coms that I love are the ones where you genuinely like don't really know what's going to happen in the next scene. And where things can just be a bit unexpected within that kind of knowing that there's going to be a happy ending kind of framework. You know, writing a book is such a weird process because you... I write a first draft and then I put it away for a bit and then I come back to it and I work very intensely on another redraft and, and the book basically changes completely every time I redraft it. And I know for some people their first draft is much closer to the final book. I really feel like it is a different beast every time I sort of work on it. It means that there are these sort of intense sort of flings with it and then gaps and so it means that sometimes I'll read it back again and not remember having written things which is very fun. The bits that I'm always like most pleased at being surprised about are it's those like asides and you know the things mm, that make you laugh the yeah. most are often when it's just someone being so like them. If there's a character that I feel like I really got to know it's just funny to talk as if it's not me I'm like oh yeah the characters did this thing so, well <laughs> I made them <laughs> I love when books are funny I think it's so hard being funny in like life is also the thing that I value the most in people it's just like my currency and so it means that there's a lot of pressure on it for me and so I think when I can like try to let myself chill out about it that's probably mm. when it works the best but it's hard yeah it's the book also explores how far the tv industry and film industry has to come in terms of like queer representation I loved the parts of lesbian one and two that really made me laugh um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah is this like something that's personally important to you to kind of highlight I used to do like amateur dramatics that is a whole marmite thing you know it's very love hate people's yeah. relationships with acting I love actors and like a lot of my closest friends are, are actors and so I think that having it set in that world felt very natural to me mm. and it meant that I could sort of get away with characters who do sort of see the world with the same kind of drama that I see in it that I think a lot of queer people I think revel in and it's something that I really love about both the thespian and the acting and the queer communities <laughs> it sort of gave an excuse to put in some of this stuff that I see my friends going through them auditioning for parts and them having to package themselves in a certain way that they think is going to be the best for their literal careers because I was thinking about different kinds of queer identities and labels for example with being butch how it can feel yeah a bit like we were talking about earlier where it can feel so exciting and cool to feel like people see you as a certain thing you know mm -hmm. to walk down the street and think people are looking at me and seeing butch that can feel so powerful and beautiful and gorgeous and then put that in an audition room does that still feel the same I think I suppose I was aware that I was writing a book about being butch and that I was therefore going to be being asked questions like this about being butch. You know, obviously it feels very different talking to Diva Mag about this. It, it can sometimes feel really empowering and sometimes a bit othering. I wanted to have a character that experiences that because a nuance that a lot of queer people go through that I think because it is quite specific I feel like your actual question was about like uh, butch characters in the TV. I think we all know that there is a real lack. 
as usual, it just means that when there are characters, it feels like they are having to sort of try to be ciphers for like mm. every butch experience and then obviously can't do that. The, the answer is not to police the characters that are out there, but to try to encourage more and more space for more and more different kinds of characters to be able to be seen. If that means that we get to have like some stud butches, hot, great, I love it. Mm-hmm. If that also means we get to see more like lame goofballs who also happen to have short hair, great. You know? <laughs> and when you only have one person in the world that, that is being seen as, you know, butch, then it's just too much to expect that person to represent every story ever. Butchness is just so expansive. So many different people are identifying under the umbrella of butch. And it's so exciting. Yeah. And I think there's a real playfulness around it. Like, that's the point we want to be getting to. People have had to fight to reclaim butch for so long, Mm. where it has felt antagonistic and, like, scary and violent to be allowed to be seen as that and allowed to exist and allowed to flourish. It just feels a huge, huge privilege to now be at a point in some very small circles where we get to say, I'm butch and that means I get to be camp, you know, (laughs) like how fun to be kind of playing with that and allowed to be silly and playful about it. Older generations didn't get to do because Mm. being called butch was like obviously a slur and, and was a political act to reclaim that. And this is a really exciting moment for that kind of journey and that story it's associated mm. now with joy and with silliness and with softness and tenderness. The bigger that label can hold, you know, I think that's only going to be a good thing. So that means more people for me to fancy. <laughs> I started Double Booked, you know, when I had come out, but I don't know if I'd really internalized a lot of the like self-acceptance or like had really actively got rid of biphobia in as much of a way as I did by the end of writing it. And I think there's Mm -hmm. something really revealing about writing and then editing your own work and like seeing the stuff that you say as a character. I don't know if this is too airy-fairy of me, but you're more protective of of a character than you are about the way that you talk to yourself in your own like interior monologue, you know, and, and seeing the kinds of criticism or the kinds of things that other characters might come up with a character that you would not accept in your own life say so I guess I'm thinking about in in double booked where I really felt you know it came from a place of me really feeling like I was living a double life where I was straight half the time and gay half the time and that sense of like I didn't ever feel like gay enough or straight enough it came out of a place of wanting to explore that because it still felt like quite an urgent question for me and I think that some of the most satisfying writing processes and I hope best books come from that place of still questioning something and still wanting to understand something it it wasn't coming from a place of telling people something that I'd learned it it really was me trying to like muddle something out by the end of it I felt that I at least understood myself better and I think had more self-awareness and more like self-compassion but it was definitely not me being like I have achieved you know butch by like nirvana (laughs) and like everyone else should be more like me like absolutely not I think it was much more coming from a place of like wanting people to feel a bit less alone in their own internalized stuff and also hopefully have the same kind of protectiveness 
towards the characters that they maybe don't grant themselves and to maybe hopefully bring that a bit more to like readers it really tickles me when people are like oh Georgina's got loads of like internalized biphobia at the beginning of double booked I'm like yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> and, um, weird that <laughs> who would have thought and um I suppose I just hope that people come to these books with that sense of empathy with the characters, not mm. expecting them to be moral paragons at all, because I really don't think any of us are. But hopefully that certainly for me, at least writing them, yes, by the end of the process of writing them. And I hope for readers, the process of reading the book will be one of like, not feeling like you've solved something, but hopefully, you know, a nice little pat on the head in the meantime. Um, <laughs> I, I I definitely feel more I don't know it's funny because like with my own worst enemy I'm still so early in the process of that book kind of coming out mm-hmm. and certainly where I sit right now is having written it but not really having heard much from other readers yet you know you're one of the first people that I've spoken to about it, it feels very much like I'm at the beginning of those kind of conversations with people and it's something that I'm like so looking forward to about its publication I mean lol fingers crossed that it will be a positive experience maybe people will tell me that I've done a terrible job hopefully it will it will like give me an excuse to chat to loads of people about what they did kind of connect to and what they Mm. did you know see spoken about either a more like deep way or in a playful way about like oh my god I can't believe this dumb thing was in there mm-hmm. it's almost like a calling card right it's being like hello I would love to talk to you about butchness <laughs> and it means that like I get I get people asking me about it it means I get to talk to them about it so yeah I'm excited to continue to see how that conversation in my own head like changes through publication as well as mm-hmm. the process of writing yeah it's really cool I hadn't thought about that as part of the process of it actually going out into the world is also a part of processing it like how you feel about it forgive me for being <laughs> but like it feels very affirming to have people talk to me about like what it's like being butch mm. because there's like this oh so you think I'm butch <laughs> it's like oh that's so stick it's <laughs> I think I still I still like doubt my claim to mm. the label I get that and I feel both like very confident in it and a lot of doubt about it. I think because mm. I just idolize it so much, I just think it's such a beautiful word and way of being. Mm. It is such an honor that I get to like claim that for myself and that people might see me as part of that is such a privilege. Because I think when I was writing it, I did a bit like with Double Books where I was like writing it from a place of having accepted my like bisexuality, but still the old voices were still there. I think with writing a book about like two two butchers fancying each other, like the stuff about butchers are meant to fancy femmes, that is still there. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't believe it, but it's still there. And and the same goes with, you know, do I get to like call myself butch if I am silly? <laughs> when like, <laughs> you know, when I think like in my head, you know, butchness, there's such a like dignity and like authority and power. Yeah. That, that can be part of that word it's still there like that fear that I'm not butch enough to be writing a book about butchers even yeah. though the book is about like you are <laughs> god it's I so meta <laughs> it is it's also meta so basically I wrote it so that people would think I'm butch 
<laughs> yeah well you've achieved that <laughs> thank you thank you I really appreciate that thank so you so nice. much for such lovely so questions nice to chat to you. Oh, yeah, you're and you. Oh, yeah, so no, kind. I appreciate it. I know you can have very boring questions and you can have very fun ones. So thank you for having such good ones. And thank you for liking the book, obviously. I appreciate you're it. You're very welcome. <laughs> I don't know if I have any like images. I want some more author headshots done now that I've got this mullet thing going on. Mm, the mullet's great. Because I want to thank you. You don't need to know this, but <laughs> um, yeah, I really want new author photos. And mm. I just completely forgot about it until. I'm at the point of sending them over to people and I'm just sending the same ones I had for Double Booked and that feels sad. Although I am wearing literally the same outfit that I had in that author headshot, so maybe I should just stick with it. <laughs> well, um, I can mention your mullet if you need. If you yeah, please. I, I'm begging you. Can you describe me as like really yeah. outrageously hot, fun, <laughs> very Lily eligible bachelor? came onto Zoom with the boldest mullet I'd ever seen. <laughs> If you could just say how desperately available I am. And <laughs> you're very welcome. Well, thank you um, again for a lovely, lovely interview. Oh, thank you. And come, have you heard about Bristol Butch Bar? I have. I have not stopped hearing about it. It's just like every kind of butch you could think about. Oh, my God. And it's just like you walk into the pub. Heaven. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm persuaded. <laughs> Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every week, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA plus community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.